Hey, everybody. On this episode of the podcast, we are going to continue in our New Age November series that we've been going through. And Rosie, you are going to break it down for us. You've got some awesome history and some origins of New Age. And, uh, and there's a little bit of preaching that happens, too. So <laughs> it's pretty... Stick through to the end. Stick through to the end, yeah. And take notes, because you'll need them. But uh, yeah, so it's a long one. So sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy. <laughs> You're listening to the All Out War Podcast. What's up, warriors? How you doing? It's another episode of All Out War. I'm Turner, and I'm in the studio with Rosie. What's up, Rosie? Hey, what's up? How you been, man? Been doing well. Yeah? Yeah. Good. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Man, so uh, I want to talk a little bit about our episode, our previous episode before this one that okay. we're, we're going to record today, um, but I want to do that before we jump into the, the meat of what we're going to talk about tonight because okay. it kind of connects but um so kind of yeah it, yeah kind of okay. does but uh anyways uh what do you know man oh what do you know oh, i'm so I was, sorry i was ready for the other thing oh you ready for the baby update yeah well, let's do the no, baby well, update. now i pulled up the did you know okay well what do you know hey did you know that if you want healthy cows <laughs> you should feed them magnets okay <laughs> wait what how does that even make sense so uh the basic gist is that cows just go and like just eat off the ground, right? Yeah, the grass. Grass? Yeah. And they yeah. eat a lot of screws and nails and stuff. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So it's a... Uh, <laughs> I'm serious. Okay. It says, when they're regularly ripping up fresh hay or grass, though, they swallow large portions with barely any chewing because they don't chew. Yeah, they swallow it down. Right. Food, along with whatever nails, tacks, balling wire, and other stray pieces of metal are hiding, go right down. <laughs> it says, all this metal eventually collects in their second stomach. <laughs> The second of the four. Uh, it says, here it can become hardware disease. Sharp pieces can poke through the stomach and into the heart, which is wow. separated only by a soft muzzle. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> That's where the magnets come in. A magnet about the size and shape of a finger is placed inside some long tube, and then they shove it down the cow's throat. And uh, Sounds fun. Yeah. Uh, check out this. One report from the 1990s found that 55 to 75% of all slaughtered cows had hardware in their stomachs. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm laughing, but that's horrible. Yeah, so man, uh, farmers feed cows. It's like, have you ever seen like when they pull sharks up at like great white sharks and stuff out yeah. and they're like, they got them and they find like license plates. Yeah. <laughs> like you, this cow gets slaughtered, you see like a watch fall out. <laughs> Why wouldn't they like do like a magnet vest rather than putting a magnet down inside their gut? Like, wouldn't it be just put a super strong magnet, like, vest on the cow, and so, like, it would just, like, make whatever's in their stomach stick to wherever side the magnet is on there. And then it goes and punctures the stomach because no. it's on the outside? What are you talking about? I don't That's know. a terrible idea. <laughs> Maybe it's not so good. I didn't think that went through. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's kind of interesting. I didn't know uh, cows ate so much raw metal and just loose screws and stuff. They're on a farm, Yeah. Yeah. I just never I think it of sense. it. Yeah. I, mean, I don't go on farms, so neither do I. I don't know these things, but yeah. Uh, wow, that's a cool. Did you know? I like yeah, them. there you go. We are farmer told me that one. We are. Uh, oh, oh, a farmer told you that. No, he didn't tell oh. me. That. <laughs> all right, are we ready for our? Um... Yeah. All right. 
baby update. What week are we on? 27. Week 27. Our baby. Our baby. She. Our child. No, our you, child. All right, that's it. Hold on, hold on. You have to start referring to our baby as a she. The gender was picked. The coin has spoken. The communist had their way, unfortunately, and she's a girl. So it was a, right, it was so, a Russian coin. That's why I said yeah. that. Yeah, with the communist. So our baby. <laughs> no, <laughs> Come okay. on, man. Okay, she. Thank there you. There you go. That's Thank the first time. You. Thank you. She is about two pounds, fourteen point five inches. Um, little string. Bean. She has. She can hear us. Hi, little girl. Oh, it's muffled because there's skin around it. Okay. Baby can get hiccups. Ah. And it says uh, our little gymnast <laughs> uh, started to develop muscle tone from all that kicking, rolling, and punching. Awesome. And uh, she's a fighter. Yeah, it can recognize both. It says. Your and your partner's voices. <laughs> you hear that, warriors? She knows your voice. Yeah. And it says our t- taste buds are developed, too. Oh, good. Yeah. What I, is she eating? I don't know. Amniotic fluid. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. Interesting. So I think it's about the size of a cabbage. I don't know what this is. It <laughs> doesn't a, actually say, n- normally on this website, it's, it's a like. a cabbage patch doll. Yeah. Interesting. All there right. Yeah. What a wonderful baby update. Yeah. That was stupendous, and I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, again. All right, man. So let's talk about what we were going to talk about tonight. All right, what was your little thing you're going to? So okay, so our our last episode, uh, episode number sixty one, I think it was right. I have no idea. Enneagram. We did an enneagram episode, the enneagram episode, and so on our enneagram episode, I had a tremendous uh, response from that. There was a lot. A lot of uh, first of all, that podcast went pretty viral. A lot of people were were like, uh, you know, sending it to friends and things like that, uh, yeah. which I appreciate. In any, any episode you want to send to your friends, we totally want that because we want as many people to be exposed to the the podcast as possible because we love we love it and we believe in it. Mm. But um, what I was going to say was that uh, there was a lot of feedback on it that wasn't so positive. A lot of people listened to it, but they didn't necessarily agree. With our stance on it, which was that the Enneagram has uh, origins that are from the occult. So they're stupid people. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't say stupid. I would say they're just, they're being hard-headed. And this is the thing that I would say. I was thinking a lot about it because I had several conversations throughout the week with people that they would ask me about it and so forth and so on. And this is how I would equate it. I would say it this way. It's a lot like the horoscope. And I think we mentioned this on the actual podcast. I think Marsha might have mentioned this. The the horoscope it really doesn't have a place in the life of a believer. Why do we need to go to horoscopes to try and figure out what our future is going to be and predict our future and all of these things? And the same way that they use astrology and horoscopes, the Enneagram sort of has its roots in the same type of practices. Mm-hmm. So why would you want to – why does that have a place in the life of a Christian, in particular in the life of the church – and so that's where I would place it. And I would say if you think that horoscopes are wrong and, and Enneagram has an equally as you know nefarious origin, well, then you need to probably place it in the same type of category. Yeah. How, how about this on the other analogy? Yeah. If you think that sacrificing babies to Moloch right. is not good. Horrible. Then you should not think that support the Enneagram ab- is good. Oh, oh, I thought <laughs> you were going to say support abortion. Oh, like, no. No, I was okay. going to say because uh, they're both evil. Yeah. So there you go. Evil's yeah. evil, man. That's right. It is. I'm not going to sissyfoot around it. 
Actually, I could say pussyfoot around that because it's not that's not a bad word. That's not a bad word. Yeah. No. But so yeah, there you go. So, so there it is. And if you haven't listened to Enneagram, go listen to it and get all riled up and send us a, a dank email. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> we can handle it. We're men. Yeah. We're not babies. This, on this day, today on... I identify as a man. <laughs> oh, great. We're going there now. Uh, so what we had, we had planned out for us, because it's November now, we're working into the middle of November. Uh, we, we were going to call it New Age November. That was sort of like the theme that the the un, you know, the un, uh, I don't know, un, whatever. It's fun to come up with like themes. Yeah. Like groupings of yeah. you know, secret societies, the right. brave new world, yeah, whatever. It was an unofficial theme for November was yeah. the New Age November. And so we have, a, we had Marsha on last week with the Enneagram. And then we also have... Uh, another guest that I'm trying to work out. It's looking like it might be pushed into December. <laughs> I was um, thinking of this the other day. Yeah. Is that uh, because w- it's just how we are. Uh, so maybe a, wa- a warning to people is that New Age November is not going to just be to confined to November. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. It might expand out a little bit. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. We can always come back to it and whatever. Yeah. Look, this this podcast will go way beyond November. Yeah. So... Uh, anyways, so today we're going to continue in that theme. So last week was the Enneagram, and this week we're going to talk about the legitimate New Age movement. Yeah. And we're not legitimate, but the actual New Age movement. And we're going to start with the history of the New Age. We're going to talk a little bit about some of its origins, where it comes from, and the influences that created it into the movement that it is uh, today. In particular, I'm thinking, and I know you're thinking this, is in the New Age, the influences on the evangelical Protestant Christian churches in America. And if you're listening in Australia or if you're listening in Ireland, which I, I know I know you guys are listening. Wait, didn't you say that now we have more listeners in Australia than we do in Canada? Yes, we do. Yes. Thank, thank you, our Aussie friends. Yes. You're awesome. I was going to... Oh, that's good. You're awesome. Uh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, just for the record, I like Australia better than Canada. Oh, <laughs> I do too. Yeah. And I've been there. So I've not been there. Dude, this place, if you live in Australia, every day that you're alive, you're defeating the odds. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. There's they have great whites, they have crocodiles, they have all these deadly spiders, they have unbelievable deadly snakes. Yeah. Like the fact that you can live there and not die every day that you're alive there, it's you're beating the odds. So you <laughs> no, know, I, I, you're a very resilient person. Those our Aussie friends are very resilient. So, hey, thanks for listening, Australia. We love yeah, you. Yeah, one of my first best friends was Australian. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I had a lot of fun when I was, I lived down there for a little while. Yeah. I, I had a lot of fun. I loved it. And, in fact, I told my wife, because it was before I met her, I said, man, if we could ever move somewhere in the world, I'd, I'd move down there. Now, I don't. that was 20 years ago. I don't know what it would be like today. I don't know what the political climate's like yeah. too much. I think it's pretty liberal. Yeah. Um, but uh, the people themselves were really nice. They were just genuine, real people. They're going to tell you to shoot straight with you. That's what yeah. I loved about it. Is they just they don't they don't pull punches. If they think you're an ass, they tell you you're an ass. That's yeah. just what I love about it. Yeah. So not can- Canadians. They're, <laughs> they're nice. They're super nice. Yeah, the Canadians. I just don't trust yeah. Them. All right. Take off, eh? Yeah. Well, hey, let me kick off this thing. Thank you. Uh, kick it off. I was going to say, you, you kind of kicked it off. but So I was reading through this thing, uh, looking for something. Uh, but anyway, so why are we talking about New Age at all? You know, why is it important? Yeah. Um, I was going to say, hopefully, when you brought in the, the aspects of how it talks about the, uh, how it 
has infiltrated churches and whatever. That's yeah. that's all you. I'm putting that on you. Okay, <laughs> but fine. I'm sure you can pull it out. I wasn't yeah. particularly ready for that, but um so let me just read this thing because um or maybe I'll try to turn it in. Okay. So when we're reading through some of this stuff, and a lot of it's this is gonna be a, more of an informational heavy kind of thing. I foresee this because there's gonna be a lot of information that is useful, but you probably will see um, aspects of well, last last week, Marsha did really good at saying like this is a, this is a specific teaching that is infiltrated or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this is like so widespread. So uh, let me just a general. Oh, well, I found this thing. So how about I'll start with this? A Pew study from last year. Yeah. All right. Six in ten Christians. Hold at least one New Age belief. Wow. Okay. So yeah, let me. This will be the best thing to break it down. This, this is great. Yeah. What does okay. it say? Um. So Christian, it says. Uh, I'm just going to read through these things that people believe in. Right. So forty. Uh, let's just go with regular Christians and then regular U.S. adults. Okay. So regular U.S. adults, and this is, should be scary. Uh, how close we are to like what's normal in society as a heart, because you can't really tell the difference between a Christian is the point I'm getting at. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what percentage of all U.S. adults believe in, uh, believe that spiritual energy can be located in physical things? 42%. Christians, 37%. Wow. Believe in psychics, all U.S., 41%. Christians, go ahead and guess. I'm going to say 35%. 40%. Oh, my goodness. Believe in reincarnation. All U.S. adults, 33%. Christians, guess. It better not be more than 30%. No, 29. Oh, <laughs> okay. 29%. <laughs> Believe in astrology, U.S. Oh, man. 70%. 29%. Oh, that's not bad. Really? Yeah, but here, Christians, 26 Wow. There, so, so more Christians believe in astrology more than... Non, then, no, no, then, no. So every one of these are just slightly below. Oh, gotcha. But psychics, yeah, that's forty percent believe in psychics. Forty percent of Christians believe in psychics. Yeah, twenty nine believe in reincarnation. Yeah, that's crazy. A third, and and you know, it only takes it only takes eleven uh, percent of a culture to change its beliefs. Right, eleven percent is the number you get to of a belief that you can that it begins to change it. Yeah, so that's the cult. So now that's a good way to segue. So. When you have these Christians self-identifying, so that's take that for what it's worth. Right. And it broke it down into Protestants and like blah, 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 all the different ones. Yeah. And the evangelicals were the highest of them, of the Christians of that course. identify as. Yeah. 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 So this is something that is prevalent. People, you, you may hold a view that is a new age thing that is not biblical. Um, so fair warning. You may have, a, you may hold a belief. Yeah. That's rooted in new age. That is not biblical. Yeah. Okay. So that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. And because it's so prevalent, like the, this is what I was going to say, is that the normal, when you think of American culture, right, the predominant, like, I would like, I would say that America was founded, uh, Masonic <laughs> stuff aside. Right, right. It was founded on Christian ideals, right? And a conservative is, a, you believe in Christian ideals. When they say Western ideals, I mean Christianity. Yeah. Okay. Or Judeo-Christian, whatever you want to, however you want to, however you want to say it. It's been, it's been labeled many, many things over the years. Yes. 
Okay. So, um, but when you hear people nowadays, it's like, oh, I'm spiritual. I have like, it's about a relationship and they'll say all these things. What they mean is they're new age, just straight up like spirituality, yeah. these kind of things when people just say that. And that's the general culture because it's very anti-Christian. Yeah. So this is going to be pushing back against everything. And so check this out. So this is from a John MacArthur New Testament commentary set. All right. So just let me. Johnny Mac. Yeah. So he quotes Oz Guinness in this thing. It's so good. I love this. So this is Johnny Mac talking. On a more sinister note, many are obsessed with the occult, witchcraft, seances, Ouija boards, astrology, spiritu- spiritism, fortune telling, palm reading, seers who allegedly predict the future, and even er- open worship of the devil are increasingly popular. Mm-hmm. The rise of interest in alternate realities, the paranormal, the occult, coincided with a declining influence of biblical Christianity in Western culture, as Oz Guinness notes. So this is awesome. Early hunters on safari in Africa used to build their fires high at night in order to keep away the animals in the bush. But when the fires burned low in the early hours of the morning, they would see all around them the approaching outlined shapes of animals and the ring of encircling eyes in the darkness. Oh, wow. <laughs> when the fire was high, they were far out. But when the fire was low, they approached again. Mm-hmm. Makes sense, right? Yeah. As we have witnessed the erosion and breakdown of the Christian culture of the West, so have we seen the vacuum filled by an upsurge of ideas that would have been unthinkable when the fires of the Christian culture were high. Mm. So... Oz Guinness, man, dude, he dropping, killed it. That's dropping bombs right there. Isn't that awesome? So yeah. that's why it's so important. So basically, what he's saying is, if you didn't get it, when Christianity is predominant, powerful, um, unabashedly orthodox, bold, you know what I mean? Yeah, bold. Yeah. Like this stuff doesn't bother. It can't because here's the thing. Uh, spoiler alert: this stuff doesn't. New Age beliefs, Hinduism, Buddhism. You don't have to be afraid of these religions. Right. So Christians, if you are theologically sound, when you're debating or, you know, you, you need to get your stuff in order so you're not just out there saying stuff because someone who really knows their stuff will be able to challenge you and maybe look look foolish or whatever. That's right, yeah. But you don't have anything intellectually to worry about because it's all full of inconsistencies. Yes. There's not a lot of logic to this stuff. It's all based on spiritual feelings and here's the thing too that i was okay. that i wanted to just insert to yeah. it's like it it feels like whenever i try and examine the new age mm-hmm. it just doesn't it doesn't have a like a a firm uh orthodoxy yeah it's just like jello it kind of flows and has all it can take many different shapes and right. it's very hard to pin down and and so that's why i think it's easy to infiltrate because it's coming in in multiple different areas in different ways yeah and it's masked as something, and it has that mask of spirituality, mm-hmm. and an undiscerning, and a per, uh, undiscerning person or an undiscerning Christian who doesn't know the Word of God. This is the one thing that Marcia said last week in the Enneagram, mm-hmm. in discussing the, the church and why the church is falling for this Enneagram craze. Is the Word of God is not preeminent in our pulpits any longer? It's not the it's not the thing that the that the churches are craving. They're craving other things, and so that opens the door. And so not only does it drop their discernment levels because they don't have the Word of God to bounce things off of and to echo into their own heart, truth or not, mm-hmm. but it also trains them in things that are not eternal. Yeah. And so they have a mask of spirituality 
but it's not real. Yeah. And especially like this thing of this is, this is, uh, so I would say if you're a non-religious or if you think, if you're not orthodox, and I don't mean in the, the orthodox church, if you're not an orthodox Bible-believing Christian and you're not a a, a, a Jew or an, a Muslim or something that it follows a strict thing, you're by default New Age. I would say that. Wow. The default American idea of spirituality is New Age. That's right. what it is. That's a default. Yeah. Um, so I, I just really like this is that as Christianity has become more uh, chained, you know, like, well, we don't want to be bold anymore because we don't want to lose our tax exempt stat. You know, like right. yeah. when they're chaining us, the culture, the stuff's getting closer. So, yeah. And the other thing, so when you're talking about like kind of the origins and the history of the new yeah, age, yeah. like what we were talking about earlier, uh, what yeah, we haven't even gotten into that. The yet. the name new age, mm-hmm. it's just so silly to me because it's nothing new about it. It's literally stuff that's been around forever. Right. Yeah. So I was gonna say, uh, so for a bit of history, I'm not sure if this. Uh, well, how about I'll answer that question as what that term means, and then I'm gonna start reading about the new age movement. The so history Rosie. Of it. What does the term new age really mean? <laughs> and so first I'll say <laughs> I'm not uh, an expert at any of this. Right. I've just read quite a bit about this stuff, and I have friends that are new age, so take that for what it's worth. But I'm going to be reading like good sources. But everything I found was that um, it started in like the 60s, and an interesting thing. So why In, in America. In America. Yeah. And the, the term new age was uh, – there's this, I don't know how they call it, but you hear like the age of Aquarius mm-hmm. is basically that is, um, there's this book I started reading called The uh, Aquarian Conspiracy. That was really one of the front books that pushed this idea of basically Earth in the, I can't remember how many years it is. So this is where my expertise, yeah. non-expertise is showing, is that the whole system is somehow shifting from this, it, it has to do with astrology yeah. and stuff. Yeah into a new age of belief and spirituality right. and connection to stuff. Right. And by in parts of the tenets of that is to push off um, the shackles of Christianity. Mm. It's like a direct revolt against the prevailing thing. Think about the forties, the fifties and stuff like that. It was America's Christianity. Christian and culture. It, yeah. yeah. And it's pushing back to that. And they, it's just well, we said the devil doesn't come up with new tricks, right? Right. Yeah. So what is their trick to do? Is pull all this stuff from Eastern? Oh, it's fancy, or you know, the Chinese believe in it, so it's got to be better than Americans, or you know, something like that. <laughs> They've been around longer. They must yeah. be right. And there's some. There's a lot of yeah. political stuff in it. So, but, but just to speak to that for a minute, the, yeah. the, the, the you're talking about the astrology connection. Mm-hmm. So okay, so this should be our first red flag clue. If yeah. if it's connecting itself to the occult of astrology like horoscopes yeah. and all of that, then there, that's a red flag. Okay, so first of all, let's just make note of it, okay? Yeah. I mean, I'm I not do sure. know this, though, about the House of Aquarius. Like, we're moving from one house to the other. I think 2020 is a big year in astrology for something. But I have heard that the house, the they call it the House of Aquarius or whatever, the age of Aquarius. Yeah. We're moving out of that age into the what a lot of them believe is the last or the final age. And, um, and it was know. in yeah. the 60s, it did take root i mean there remember the song the age yeah. of aquarius you know there's a famous well, song in the you, 60s. so here's an interesting thing that i heard someone talking about this directly coincides with the 60s is there is this act um the naturalization act of 1970 hmm. there's a new act that came out in 1952 
And I think there's another one after that. And basically, so everyone was worried about the commies and stuff like that. So it was like in the 1952, I'm pretty sure that's the act, or the, the Immigration Nationality Act of 1965 removed things that were based on nationality. So basically after this act was, uh, when the 65 was in eight, in eight, enacted, mm-hmm. it brushed off and killed all these, well, that Immigration Act just by and large opened the floodgates for all immigrants. And that's why the demographic change and all this crazy stuff started happening to America after that bill. Culturally, we were inundated with with various belief yes. systems and, and religious systems. And one of the biggest and... things was we were worried about commies in China and Asia. So there was this whole thing prior to 65 that we didn't trust uh, Asians, mm. really. We had like Asian Exclusion Acts, the Chinese Exclusion Act. We didn't allow them in. Mm-hmm. So after this thing when we started when we like okay you can come in open yeah all these eastern beliefs came in so that's really what started happening now now mix that with the 60s in america as it was so now you're having all these gurus come in from india that's right you're having all these buddhists and taoists and all these other ones and they're just becoming popular because all the hippies in America are like, I hate imperialist America. Right. And they're just going to find anything that's, oh, this is ancient. That's Re- why they like the Enneagram, because Re- oh, it's ancient. Revolt the system, the guy, right. the man in charge. And also, too, the the age of Aquarius, like in that 60s, mm-hmm. it was an age of enlightenment. Right. So we were entering into a new realm of understanding that we'd never seen before right. and all that. And this is, so this is what I just want to say this. Mm-hmm. This is why the new age is going to have a huge huge impact on the on the world in ushering in the antichrist yeah because we have to move away from established truth and move into this new thing which is breaking the shackles of the old and entering into the quote unquote new yeah. age and that's all part of what this is all it's all working towards that yeah so it's multiple facets that it's uh, trying to get engaged into our culture whether yeah. it's yoga whether it's meditation whether it's you know Enneagram. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're picking on the Enneagram, but yeah. it is. It deserves it. And um, or whether it's other things. And so you open up the new age to enter in in these various ways, whether horoscopes, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to say it's really interesting. And even I, I just started thinking about the these ideas, these liberal ideas of the one world government, you know, stuff like that. Right. That's a very there's this uh, belief. Um, they kind of say with Hinduism is like a non-dualist monism for any people out there which is every god is everything everything is one right and that you don't exist separate from that so that's the non-dualist is everything is one god is everything and he's in everything like that type of mindset everything well this is what she was uh marcy oh yeah because she was talking about monism yeah not monotheism but it's mona yeah so everything is one this is this idea of hinduism okay and so when you think of i'm just spitballing here when you said about ushering the antichrist in one world order that's where you start seeing this we're all one anyways we're one planet we're one coexist consciousness yeah yeah so that's where you start to see. I, I just thought that was an interesting point. And so, but, and, and also to just another facet of that, mm-hmm. because since we're on that topic, I just want to point this out. You're going to see in the churches, and this is, this is important, mm-hmm. churches 
are failing to teach prophecy. They're ta- they're yes. failing to teach end times prophecy, the book of Revelation, what we can expect in the end times, what is happening in the greater scheme in the spiritual realm, and all these things, so that we're able to def- discern the times. You know, we we're called in Scripture to discern the times, and so when you talk about the end times, the New Age is going to have a great impact on this and yep. ushering in. And if the church is not engaged in the Word of God and understanding what we're dealing with, what's happening around us, we're going to fall for it. And that's why I love that Oz Guinness thing, because it's, it's like, the, what, what he's talking about is... The dimming of the war, fire. But yeah. it's a war. Right. Like, that's the, that's the, 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 what you take away from that is, when you think about what... Are, okay, so you see the encircling eyes around the fire as it starts burning, you know, letting down. Those aren't eyes of, like, guinea pigs that are coming... You know, closer to the fire, <laughs> closer to the fire now. They would they're just not get scared burned of the fire. Anyway. Yeah, the, it, it's not all the guinea pigs that are coming up and they're like, you know, hanging out. <laughs> These are like bears and tigers and jaguars that's and gonna leopards. mess you up. They're that's gonna right. jack you up. So Hyenas, yeah. it's a war. That's right. That's the underlying thing. And we're in a war. We're in an all-out all <laughs> war, baby. I hate, it. I hate that so much. <laughs> uh, but, but it's true. It is, it is true, and and so it's like a it's like a multi pronged. So you have uh, to be uh, so it's like if I can, if Satan can get the church to stop focusing on the Bible mm-hmm. and stop teaching Revelation and stop teaching end times and stop warning the church to look up ahead and encourage one another with the coming Christ and all these things. Yeah, and and the reason he and the reason churches stop doing that is because number one, there's so many different variations of end times and we've done a whole series on the end times you can go yeah. back and listen to those episodes on our podcast if you want that's free advertising for us on our <laughs> podcast um but uh also uh people there w- people don't necessarily want to know it because it's kind of scary yeah and so so pastors are afraid to teach it or because people will get angry and leave the church and not give and or they have a different opinion about things well i was going to say the other thing is that i would from what i hear from the prophecy people that i listen to yeah people that know it, you yeah. know exactly what I'm talking about, Yeah, is they always talk about the reason that a lot of pastors don't teach it is because they don't know it, right. and they're scared that it's going to bring up other questions that they're not ready to a- answer. Yeah. So do your homework, pastors. Yeah. Study the end times. Find out what these things mean. It's yeah. okay to not know the answer. Look for it, though. Yeah. Ask for help from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So, all right. <laughs> we did a lot of So we set something up. Yeah. But we set it up. Good. Yeah. So now let's get into some stuff. So yeah. cats out of the bag. This is the easiest way to Meow. sum up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Here's the, the Cliff's notes of what New Age spirituality is. Like, what do they actually believe? Basically, generally speaking, for the West. Yeah. Because anyone who listens to us anyway, so it's in the West mostly. Yeah. Is it's Hinduism. Watered down and Americanized. That's what New Age is. Okay. So, but there's a lot of, there's, because it's jello, there's right. some Buddhism and there's some Taoism. Taoism is just crazy. It, it's basically a, a set. I didn't have, I didn't bring it up. Yeah. But Taoism is kind of smaller and it's uh, it's like a philosophical thing. People don't say they're Taoists. They say like, I'm followers of the Tao. And it's basically these like ancient proverbs. If you think of it like that, that uh, they're very like esoteric and make you think and stuff like that. So it's 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 really weird and it's kind of is it spelled with a T rather than a it's D? It's spelled with a T or a D. Okay, um, but they pronounce it Tao with a D. Okay, uh, but hey, so let's yeah, I'll read a little bit about Buddhism and then we'll go into Hinduism, and then uh, the 
new age, basically. Let's do if it. That's okay. Yeah, let's do okay. it. So, won't bog you down too much, but uh, Buddhism is a faith that was founded by Siddhartha Gautama. I feel bad. I can't remember how to pronounce his name. The Buddha more than twenty five hundred years ago in India, uh, and just take this for what it's worth when they're saying facts like that. Uh, it says with about four hundred and seventy million followers, scholars believe Buddhism one of consider Buddhism one of the major world religions. Its practice has historically been most prominent in East and Southeast Asia, but its influence is growing in the West. And this was written, uh, updated, oh, 20, 2017. So even there, they're saying that. Hmm. Many Buddhist ideas and philosophies overlap with those of other faiths. Uh, Buddhist beliefs. So here's getting down to some of the stuff. Okay. Followers of Buddhism don't acknowledge a supreme god or deity. Hmm. They instead focus on achieving enlightenment, a state of inner peace and wisdom. When followers reach the spiritual echelon, they are said to have experienced nirvana. So nirvana is not a, uh, they they would say it's a state of being. It's not necessarily a particular place in the same sense of like heaven. So it's not heaven. They're not experiencing this. It's a, a state of inner stuff. And here's one of the biggest things that all of a sudden I'll just point out right here that differs from Christianity. Uh, obviously, there's no supreme God or deity. They don't believe in that. But enlightenment is a state of inner peace and wisdom. This is all talking about the self. And that's what Marcy was talking about with that last week. The Enneagram. Yeah, that's right. It's focusing on the self. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it says the the religion's founder, Buddha, is considered an ordinary extra. <laughs> is considered an extraordinary man, but not a god. The word Buddha means enlightened. Um, Uh And I'm not sure if the... uh, Yeah, okay, I can read about the... uh, But the path to enlightenment is attained by utilizing morality, meditation, and wisdom. Buddhists often meditate because they believe it helps awaken truth. There are many philosophies and interpretation within Buddhism making it a tolerant, <laughs> I love that, <laughs> an evolving religion. Some scholars don't recognize Buddhism as an organized religion, but rather a way of life or spiritual tradition. Buddhism encourages its people to avoid self-indulgence, but also self-denial. Buddhist, Buddha's most important teachings, known as the Four Noble Truths, are essential to understanding the religion. Um, let me see if it has... Yeah, right here. The four noble truths are the truth of suffering, the truth of the cause of suffering, the truth of the end of suffering, and the truth of the path that frees us from suffering. Hmm. Okay. It was kind of like just like, okay, whatever. Um, Buddhists embrace the concept of karma, which is the law of cause and effect and reincarnation, the continuous cycle of rebirth. Um... Buddhist monks are celibate. There you go. And they like the swastika and the Bodhi tree. They like the swastika. Yeah. Wait, you just glossed over that there. <laughs> well, it comes from Hindu, uh, Hinduism, which I'll touch next. Okay. But basically, so here's a story of Buddha. Is He was born of a wealthy family as a prince in present-day Nepal. He had an easy life. He was moved by suffering in the world. He decided to give up his lavish lifestyle and endure poverty. When this didn't fulfill him, he promoted the way, the idea of the middle way, 
which means existing between two extremes. Thus, he sought a life without social indulgences, but also without deprivation. After six years of searching, Buddhists believe Gautama found enlightenment while meditating under a Bodhi tree. He spent the rest of his life teaching others about how to achieve this spiritual state. So that's basically he was just sitting there and he became enlightened and then he just taught everyone else. <laughs> okay. So uh there are some there are some things called the eightfold path that help end suffering uh lead to enlightenment. The Dalai Lama is the leading monk of Tibetan Buddhism. And so that's basically Buddhism. So there you go. Okay. This guy sitting under a tree. Here's a very interesting thing about Buddhism though. Here's a little apologetics lesson. Sweet. Bring, bring it. Bring this out. So people will talk about that. And this is this actually is important and we'll touch upon something else when we talk about Jesus. Uh, reliability of the New Testament. So people will always say, or you'll, you'll hear this thing, oh, how can you believe the New Testament was written uh, by, you know, like blah, 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 that was written so long ago? Or uh, <laughs> when were the first letters from the Apostles? When was the earliest New Testament book written? Probably 60 years. Is, 60 years after Jesus' death, right? Yeah, anywhere from 40 to 60 okay. years, yeah. But it was by people that saw him. Right, oh right? yeah, eyewitnesses. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. So Buddha's, the, the first, the earliest writings that were attributed to Buddha yeah. came 500 years after his death. Wow. And no one cares about that. Oh, it's just oral tradition that was passed along. Yeah. It couldn't okay. have been changed at it all. It couldn't have been changed at all. Right. Right? Yeah. Okay. So there, that, right there. There's a red flag. First red step. flag. Yeah. So we got two red flags now. Yeah. So that's Buddhism. Okay. All right. Now let's get into the meat of really new age beliefs. And this kind of extrapolates on and gives more detail uh, as to some stuff. Yeah. So Hinduism. So Hinduism is the wor world's, and this is, I'm reading from history, history, wow, history, history.com. Well, isn't all of history just his story of Jesus? <laughs> sure. You groaning? Sure, Rosie. Groaning? Yeah. Yeah. You know how you hate certain phrases? <laughs> I, I hate certain things like that too. Oh, is that from being a middle school pastor? You use that joke too much? No, I never use that oh. joke. It's too corny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hinduism is the world's oldest religion, according to many scholars, with roots and customs dating to more, more back more than 4,000 years. Today, uh, it's about 900 million followers right behind Christianity and Islam. 95% of the world's Hindus live in India. It has no specific founder, so it's hard to trace it. Hinduism is unique in that it's not a single religion, but a compilation of many traditions and philosophies. Here's a few of their concepts um hinduism uh so i thought i was going to say right here but uh if you didn't know this uh buddhism came out of hinduism that's why they're very unique okay cool. very, very close hindus um embrace many religious ideas it's sometimes referred to a way of life or family of religions as opposed to a single organized most forms of hinduism are henotheistic which means they worship a single deity known as the Brahman, Brahman, but are still recognize other gods and goddesses. And oh. there's like 800, I think. So there's so hundreds of others. When you compare Buddhism to Hinduism, Buddhism, just God is all this monism that mon monism, monism yeah. that you're talking about versus Hinduism, which they actually have deities that are in place yeah. 
for different like, attributes or different characters. Yeah, in the same way, I, <laughs> I don't want to say this in the same way because it'll offend any Catholics, but in the same way that there's, uh, and it's not in the same level, but it's a good way to kind of think of this is how I think about it. So you have the yeah. lower deities, yeah, or think of those of like saints, the yeah. saint of this, the saint of that, the saint of this. They have yeah. deities like that. Like uh, there's a really, if you ever think Hindus are a religion of peace, which they're not, right, right. Uh, they're violent sects of Hindu. Uh, Hinduism and Buddhist too. They're Buddhist terrorists. Doesn't like, doesn't the Kama, Sa- Kama Sutra come from Hinduism? Yeah, it does. All right, there you go. Um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> they're lovers. Yeah, but there's a, if you ever look up the God of War. Oh for yeah, them, Shiva. Oh yeah, it's like this one with like eight, and they're all like bloody knives. She has like eight arms hanging out. They're like all his blood all over her just, face. Just and stuff Google like that. CERN. <laughs> yeah, C E R N and Google yeah. CERN and and uh, Shiva and yeah. enjoy. Yeah, but uh, Google search. So Hindus believe in the doctrines of samsara, which is the continuous cycle of life, death, and reincarnation, and karma. So there you go. Hmm. Uh, one of the key thoughts of Hinduism is Atman, or the belief in a soul. This philosophy holds that living creature, living creatures have a soul, and they're all part of the supreme soul. The goal of this is to achieve moksha, or salvation, which ends the cycles of rebirth and becomes part of the absolute soul. So this is the non-dualist monism right here, is that nobody is separate. You only have one kind of self, and it's because they they also talk about that the physical is not uh, really the ultimate reality. Right. So this is just an illusion, basically. That the wow. everything we're seeing right now is an illusion. It's not real, and the only real ultimate supreme. So you know that's. What this is, and I was gonna say this is, this kind of scared me when I, I saw a lot of people sharing this. John MacArthur was on a uh, Ben Shapiro's show, his Sunday show. Yeah, I remember that. And I remember, and they were talking about, and I don't know if you're if you're Jewish and you want to reach out to me. I have some Orthodox Jewish friends that uh, tra- are in the same circles as Ben Shapiro, and be- not just belief but political and stuff like that. Yeah, and. Uh, they have not talked to me about this, but Ben Shapiro was talking when John MacArthur was just like laying down the gospel for like 45 minutes. Yeah. And he asked him, and Ben said that the, the idea of in Judaism is that there's no separate souls that we all go back to the same one soul. So it's like That's a universalist, universalist kind of idea. Yeah. <clears throat> Which is odd. So I heard that. Yeah, that is and odd. if I'm not, Bad mouthing Ben or anything like that, but uh, <laughs> I, I heard that and I was kind of weird. So if you're uh, if you're an Orthodox Jew, I would like to know more about that. Hmm. Maybe you can explain that. Yeah. Uh, one of the fundamental principles of the religion of Hinduism is the idea that people's actions and thoughts directly determine their current life and future lives. Hindus strive to achieve Dharma, which is the code of living that emphasizes good conduct and morality. Hindus uh, revere all living creatures and consider the cow a sacred animal. Uh, most of them are vegetarians. They don't eat beef or pork. And it's related to under other Indian religions, other re- Indian religions, including Buddhism, Sikhism, and Jainism. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, they're the ones that have the uh, swastika was originally Jain- Jainism. Okay. Jain- Jainism is really interesting. They're the ones that don't step on bugs. 
Oh, they, okay. They they look down because they don't want they don't kill anything. Anything with life, they yeah. They don't want to. So they basically step on God. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they have a lot of different teachings. Turns out they're the bug. Yeah, but see, here's an interesting. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Here's an interesting thing. So here's the difference between Buddhism and Hinduism. Buddhism rejects the caste system of Hinduism. And does away with the rituals, the priesthood, and the gods that are integral to the Hindu faith. But it's based on Hinduism. And uh, the cycle of karma and reincarnation. This is another important point um, of the faith that you it is so integral. Because um, India still has a caste system. What a caste system is, it's C-A-S-T-E, is... I, I don't know if there, there... I'm sure there might be circumstances where someone is able to get out of... Uh, their level, if you will, but there's levels of society, and you like in the, in here, not in the like in the present life, not in, in pre- the life. Yeah, after. if you go to India, like yeah. the majority, I don't know, I'm ninety percent, something like that, are in the lowest caste system, and they're peasant. You think back of like medieval times, right, where the peasants work the fields, they never have any hope of getting out of that. Right, it's a it's a it's, locked, they're locked in there. Yeah. Their kids. Everything will always forever be peasants, and they will toil in the fields forever. Their entire bloodline will always be that way, right? And then you have the kings and stuff like that that obviously – and so in, in, I don't know, modern medieval history, there might be reasons for being able to be a king. But they would say like I have a divine order by God and they're good warriors and they do some stuff and they get recognized and brought out of their peasantry or whatever. You know, They're given some chances. But in Hinduism and in India, the reason that these systems are so ingrained as a political thing, so these people, like literally the, the, these people are treated worse than cows. Yeah. Like they're, you look at the slums of India where they're pooping on the street and they live in nothing. They right. live in huts. Yeah. Worse than huts. They believe that this is all, this is deeply ingrained into the Hindu faith, that the reason that these people are poor is because their current existence, their karma was bad. Right. So in a previous life, they did some were horrible, bad, evil thing. They did an evil thing, so they're stuck here in their reincarnation. And the greatest hope for them is that they live. You think of karma as uh, good deeds, bad deeds, mm-hmm. and this idea of this uh, cosmic justice, so to speak. And you say like, oh, that was karma. They had, they got what they were coming to, you right, know? Right, right, yeah. Um, had it coming. To get to the next level of hopefully, so basically these these poor people, they're like, my best hope is that I'm, my good deeds slightly outweigh my bad deeds. In this life. In this life. So when I die, I might come back Re- as, reincarnated as someone a, in the next level. Maybe a cast up. Cast up. Or yeah. if they're bad. They reincarnate as a dog. Right. Or they get reincarnated as something, something, something. So now you're starting to see that maybe that's why they have reverence in a sort of weird way for all living creatures. Because they're like, that dog might have been my 90-year-old neighbor that died last week. You know what I mean? Oh, right. Or, you know, a month ago. Now he's born back as a dog. He might have been – he's a bad person, but he's still a person. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So that's – Wow. So that's – hopefully that's interesting. I think it's really interesting to learn about that. So now that you have some of the basics down of Hinduism, Buddhism, and the ideas that shape the new age, 
Can I read about the New Age movement? Yeah, let's, that? yeah let's do that. <laughs> All right. Okay. So we got so, the origins. The or, it's coming so, out of Buddhism, Hinduism. Okay. So the uh, so this is a little interesting little blurb at the top of it. The New Age movement was a movement that spread through the occult and metaphysical religious communities in the 70s and 80s. It looked forward to a new age of love and light and offered a foretaste of the coming era through personal transformation and healing. Again, that's the thing that's so apparent to me is it's all very personal. It's all a personal thing, mm -hmm. right? It's not about anything more that it's about myself, which is contradictory to Christianity thought, right. Christian thought. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not about me. Died itself. Yeah. Yeah. The movement's strongest supporters were followers of modern esotericism, which is a religious perspective that is based on the acquisition of mystical information that has been popular in the West since the second century AD, especially in the form of Gnosticism. I like this. This is uh, Encyclopedia Britannica, but they're breaking it down like that. Nice. Ancient Gnosticism was succeeded by various esoteric movements throughout the centuries, including Rosicrucianism in the 17th century and Freemasonry, Theosophy, and Ritual Magic in the 19th and 20th century. Dude. So even Britannica's yeah. like... There's some... They're woke. Botanica they're... <laughs> was woke, man. <laughs> yeah. So this is uh, some key names that are interesting. And uh, But here, I'm going to start about the origins of the New Age movement. And it goes back a little bit more than the 60s or whatever. But uh, in the late 19th century, uh, Helena Blav Blavatsky... Um, oh, yeah. I don't know if you've heard about her. Yeah. Yeah. So she co-founded the Theosophical Society, yeah. announced a coming new age. She believed that th that theosoph theso theosophy theosophists, okay, I'm sorry, gotcha. this is wh who embraced Buddhist and Brahmic notions such as reincarnation should assist the evolution of the human race and prepare to cooperate with one of the ascended masters of the great white brotherhood whose arrival was imminent. Man, the Nazis just get everywhere. <laughs> They're well, everywhere. This is in the this is in the 1800s she's writing about this stuff. Yeah, yeah. But uh yeah, the masters before Germany. Yeah. <laughs> but Hitler was major new age, dude. Yeah. So, yeah, he actually did read a lot of Blavatsky's work. Yeah. Um, so it says Blavatsky believed that as the world's hidden leaders, members of this mystical brotherhood would guided by the destiny of the planet. Her ideas contributed to expectation of a new age among practitioners of spiritualism and believers in astrology for whom the coming new Aquarian age promised a period of brotherhood and, and enlightenment. Hmm. Blavatsky's successor, Annie Besant, predicted the coming of a messiah, a world savior, who she believed was the Indian teacher, Jiddu Krishnamurti. You've heard of <laughs> Krishnamurti, right? Krishna, yeah. Krishnamurti? Yeah. Uh, in the 1940s, Alice Bailey, founder of the Arcane School, an organization that the disseminated spiritual teachings, suggested that a new messiah, the master Mataria, would appear in the last quarter of the 20th century. Bailey also established the Triangles program to bring people together in groups of three to meditate daily. Participants in this program, they believe... Uh, believed that they received divine energy, which they shared with those around them, thus raising the general level of spiritual awareness. Um, 
it said, uh, I'll just skip kind of this, but that's kind of the first two people. Bailey died. The school flourished. They started doing this. They started uh, channeling messages from these ascended masters, of the Great White Brotherhood. Uh, so blah, 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 blah. Anthony Brooke was uh, the leader of a new organization in the 1960s called the Universal Foundation. And he started preaching that an apocalyptic event would occur during the Christmas season of 1967. Although the event never took place, an international network of new age groups emerged. Hmm. Yeah. So how about let's go to, I'll read this. This is kind of in the seventies. So birth of the movement in 1970, American theosophist David Spangler moved from the Findhorn foundation where he developed the fundamental idea of the new age movement. He believed that the release of new waves of spiritual energy signaled by certain astrological changes, example, the movement of the earth into a new cycle known as the age of Aquarius, had initiated the coming of the new age. So he really kind of coined this thing and brought it into American society. He further suggested that people use this new energy to make manifest the new age. Spangler's view was in stark contrast to that of Bailey and her followers, who believed that the new era would arrive independent of human actions. So this is the guy that actually took hold in America was the one that said the humans are the ones, we are the ones that are bringing this in by meditating, praying, channeling, using all this stuff. We're going to be the ones that actually, you know, like bring this usher in the new usher age. In the new age yeah. yeah. Um, Spangler's per- perspective demanded an active response and shifted the responsibility for the coming of the new age to those who believed in it. Returning to the U.S. in the 1970s, Spangler became the major architect of the movement. He presented his ideas in a set of popular books beginning with Revelation, the birth of a new age in 1976, and attracted many leaders from older occult and metaphysical organizations to the growing movement. The collapsing psychedelic movement also provided new supporters, including spokespersons such as noted psychologist Richard Alpert, who, like Timothy Leary, was an advocate of the use of hallucinogenic drugs to achieve mystical experiences. Alpert, however, found enlightenment in India and returned to the West as Baba Ram Das. I've heard that name before, right? Ram Das? I've heard of Bob Ross, the painter. Uh, But Ram Das, so he was this white dude that went to India, came back, and was the huge guru, huge Ram Das, like... I still, I have friends that like practice yoga and stuff. They still talk about him. Wow. He's very influential. Hmm. But he disavowed the drug experience and advocated more traditional spiritual disciplines. Uh, It said blah, blah, blah. Um, So here's fundamental ideas. The New Age movement united a body of diverse believers with two simple ideas. First, it predicted that a new age of heightened spiritual consciousness an international peace would arrive and bring an end to racism, poverty, sickness, hunger, and war. The social, social transformation would result from the massive spiritual awakening of the general population during the next generation. Hmm. Which is kind of interesting because they're talking about this in the 70s. Yeah. And the generation that grew up in the 80s and 90s was not quite like this, not no, underrated. They were materialistic. Yeah. yeah. Those are the boomers. Well, no. Yeah. I was I was a child of the 70s 80s. So. Okay. So you're Gen X. 
But. Yeah, they're the Gen Xers. Okay, but we were materialists. We yeah, loved because money. you were taught by the boomers. Then. Well, we grew up with Reagan. Yeah. I mean, he made the economy boom. Boomer, That's true. hey boomer. Yeah. Um, so it said, second, the individuals could obtain a foretaste of the new age through their own spiritual transformation. So they're getting, he's promising all this basically pie in the sky, baby. Yeah, but you can taste a little bit. You can get it now through meditation. Yeah, here and now. It said, uh, although most of the followers of the New Age teachings believe that the new era is still to come, Benjamin Crame announced that a world savior, or Mataria, would appear in 1982. The initial interest stirred by the prediction waned when the Mataria uh, failed to appear, but Crame <laughs> Shocker. continued to use his organization, Share International, to foretell the imminent arrival. The only one who said he was going to come and showed up with Jesus. There you go. <laughs> so let's uh, just drop the mic there. Yeah. On that. Do you want, there's a little bit more if you want me to read. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Okay. It's not taking that long. No. Uh, it says traditional occult practices, tarot reading, uh, astrology, yoga, meditation techniques, and mediumship were integrated into the movement as tools to assist personal transformation. Transpersonal psychology, which mm. is an approach combining Eastern mysticism and Western rationalism mm. to understand psychological health and spiritual being. Uh, so that's why there's not like when you go see a counselor and everything, they're so they're very leftist. Yeah. yeah. Anyone that kind of gets into this, but they they're that's where all this crazy stuff in psychology comes from. It's their it's new age. Um do, 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 and other academic disciplines that the, that state that study states of consciousness encourage the belief that consciousness altering practices such as Zen meditation could be practiced apart from the particular contexts in which they originated. So you don't have to be a Hindu to practice meditation. Anyone can do it. Right. Um, it says here, it, this is interesting. The movement also spoke to the sick and psychologically wounded, especially those who had been unable to find help through traditional medicine and psychotherapy, aligning themselves with the holistic health movement, which advocated alternate and natural healing practices such as massage, mm -hmm. natural food diets, chiropractic, and acupuncture. Mm. So those are all new age stuff. Um, Guess it I says, can't go see my chiropractor anymore. Yeah, even though he's a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, there's a lot of stuff about crystals, but uh, yeah, so that's kind of the New Age stuff. That's where it came from. It came from all this Hindu stuff that was Americanized and brought into the teaching. You know. Wow. So you know, you're talking about all these the origins coming out of these Eastern philosophies and religions, yeah. and then how they kind of like pick and choose what they want to kind of follow after. And then they kind of put them all together in a grab bag and you just kind of reach in and whatever you pull out, that's what you want to do. You can do it. Yeah. Right. And, and I just think about how, when, when you think about that, like some of the things that are absent from this is this whole topic of sin. Mm -hmm. Where is bingo? Where is sin in the life of a believer? Where or in the life of an individual? Where is where does sin fit in? Is sin a just a moral standing? Is it a is it does it do we have sin? Can someone sin that's in the new age movement? Or well, I mean, that's where uh, I'm just guessing. So yeah. let me this is all could be talking out my ass. Yeah, um, 
that you hey you said it first you said it <laughs> earlier today you said it on the podcast we have an explicit podcast it's on purpose yeah um, so we can say ass yeah right. so uh but i mean they don't i mean the whole thing of karma it's not there's no but i mean there's also this thing i've heard where it's not there's no like bad there's no bad it's just a misunderstanding of something or everything's so when you get so into, if i murder my next door neighbor and I'm in the new age, and they're in the new age. It was just a misunderstanding. I don't know. I don't. I I have no idea. Okay. I don't know how you can reconcile that. See, that's um, that's this is where there's no hope. Yeah, yeah. right. They're yeah. like, ho- well, hopefully that's a bad thing. Hopefully so, it didn't outweigh. Well, here's the thing. Right. You murder someone, but if you're reincarnation. Well, well, here's the thing. Right. If you're the best person on the planet, if you are so nice and you do all these good deeds, this is something that isn't talked about in Hinduism. There's no. They have they Hindus do have these books the Bhagavad Gita, all these uh, Vedas. Yeah. Actually, they have some stuff about ancient aliens comes from some of these old oh, Hindu yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. UFO is big in the New Age. Uh, well, no, in Hinduism, oh, back in, in like the okay. four thousands. Yeah, okay. Whenever they claim. Side note, but side note. Um, but here's something: it never says there's there's no hope. Mm-hmm. It's all works based. But yep. here's the thing about the works. There's no, it doesn't say uh, if you feed a homeless person, that's plus two. Right. And if you yell at your cat, that's a minus one. Right. You know, there's no, there's no scale. No, that'd be a plus one. If you yell at your cat, <laughs> hey. I'm just kidding. But um, there's no hope, like you just hope that you get reincarnated and ultimate, the ultimate state is to not be, it's not even to be with God. Right. This supreme existence the hope is to get out of the cycle right. of suffering. To, per, per, but, to reach perfection in yourself. Yes. It's about you, and it's about what you get to do and what you get done and how much you can do. Right. But the, but the thing about murdering is, you know, so if you're the best person and you are like plus a thousand karma, right? Right. And murder is like negative 500 karma, which a normal person, let's just, we're throw, talking, we're talking BS, right. would not be able to out karmize right karma eyes there's not enough life left in them to to, to outdo to, to erase that to yeah. erase that but what if the best person ever kills somebody right well i guess their karma outweighs it they must be you know good i don't know it's, it's very and that's it's very the, strange and exactly what you're saying is there's no new ager that could define that for you no and so what you're living you don't have absolutes and this is important mm-hmm. because th- thankfully we have you know as and this is what they're trying to break free from is this there's, they feel like absolute truth is a shackle that that's holds exactly, back. That's what I was going to go. There's no objective truth. Everything is subjective. Right. It's based on me and my feelings. Right. Because nothing matters. No, it's all about me and my release into this thing. Yeah. You know? Totally. Objective. So when you have... That's why there's such pushback against Christians. When they're like, we're like, nope, there's one way. That's it. Right. This is what you do. Grace alone. No work. Well, one truth. There's one truth. It's yeah. Jesus Christ died on the sins, died on the cross for all of our sins. And you believe that. You trust in him. You, that's it. That's the gospel right yeah. there. I mean, that's the easiest way. To, and he took all the bad karma. He took all the bad karma. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But they don't want to say, but that's not, oh, man, you know, dude, I don't, that doesn't jive with me, man. Like, love right. and light, you know. And by the way, don't email me or message me about that statement about he took all the bad karma because that was just yeah. a joke. Yeah, yeah. I know my theology is But yeah, that. they don't like objective truth. Everything is, you know, pick and choose. This is a grab bag, blah, 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 blah. But so can we get into this? This is. Okay. We can end with this. Okay, sure. Is 
how does the new age view Jesus? That was a really good segue that you were talking about. So I have a bunch of, here's, this is, this is where it starts to get interesting. And you have to understand that you can't like, oh, erasing all poverty. That sounds really good though. But they do a lot of stuff. They care about homeless people, you know, whatever. I don't mean that as a dismissive thing, but they're like, there could be some good that comes out of meditation or right. something like that. Yeah. That's a deeply evil Hindu right. practice. You should not meditate. Right. That's what we talked about with the difference between Christian meditation was, I think. Yeah. Prayer. We, we touched on it. Yeah. Yeah. Yoga. I think we're, we may. I think we're going to have an episode on yoga. Do it. Yeah. yeah I don't want to touch too yeah. much on that because I, number one, I don't know anything about it uh, too much. But. Yeah, I know it stay means. Stay tuned. I know it means yoke. The word yoga means yoke yeah. to yoke together or something. Um, but, but get your chakra right, baby. <laughs> yeah, but so here we go. This is what we're going to talk about: Jesus in the New Age. This is ultimately how New Age believes. So, if even if all that stuff, you're like, that sounds kind of good, though. I like it. Yeah. You know what's the problem with it? What's so bad about as that? a Christian? This should offend you. Okay. Okay. So it starts off, because of, of its diversity, the New Age has no single view of Jesus, but it offers a family of related views whose common factors may be summarized. Hmm. Okay? The New Age highly esteems Jesus as a spiritually attuned or evolved being <laughs> who serves as an example for spiritual devel- discovery and evolutionary advancement. Okay. So <laughs> he's a stepping stone so this to is, perfection in yourself. He's a, you would look at him and go, so th- this he's is a guru. He's a guru. Uh, there's actually this whole thing, which is maybe we can talk about this. This is a whole other conspiracy thing that in between. Uh, so there was a period of time where Jesus, after he came into the ministry, so his first thing was he went into the temple, right? What was Jesus' first act? He, well, it depends on. I mean, he went when he revealed himself in his ministry. He went into a synagogue and right. taught out of the scroll from Isaiah. Right, and then he began his ministry. Right, right, and but, he immediately went out to the desert and was tempted. Okay, but what happened? What was the very first thing? Is that when he flipped over the? No, that was a little bit later on when he flipped over the tables. Okay, well, there's so there's this anyway. There's this whole th- new age conspiracy. Yeah, that I can't remember what the first event was that they they mark as. They say Jesus did this, then there's like a period of time, and then he comes back and reveals himself in the temple, in the synagogue. And they say in that time, he traveled to India. Oh, geez. And, and practiced and became ascended and practiced right. yoga and did all this stuff, and then came back and revealed himself. Uh, so that's something that I'm not sure if this will touch on, but that's a thing. So then. People, so you'll hear this reverence. Um, Islam does it, not yeah. not in the same way, but they'll right. say like Jesus, is one of the prophets. Prophet, yeah. that's just because they're trying to gain some legitimacy off the back of Christianity truth. You know, because yeah, that's right. It's that's how Satan works. Okay, <laughs> Satan takes some truth and puts it in there, and Islam is satanic. So why wouldn't they do stuff like that? Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, um. But anyways, so these New Age people, you'll hear like, oh well, Jesus was, you know, he was an example in the way of we can attain that. That's what the the cosmic Christ and all this kind of stuff, the Christ consciousness, that's yeah. where... Yeah. So they'll put him in a place of reverence, but they won't say that he was the only one mm. or it could be possible. Or it's not even that maybe they'll revere him, but it's because he did certain things. He practiced meditation the best. 
Right. Or he, he did lived live. In, he, he lived in poverty. You know. He lived in poverty. He yeah. did this. It's all again, Jesus. Jesus's works, not in the way of the cross, but in the way of meditation, ascension, this higher Hindu stuff. Right. That's how they believe that Jesus. So they so they, they basically they they staple their beliefs onto Christ. Yes. Without really reading the Gospels and really understanding what he was doing in his life. Right. Why he came. Yeah. Even his own confession. Yeah. You know, his own confession. So, all right, here's one. Many argue for the separation of Jesus, the individual person from history, from the universal and impersonal Christ consciousness or Christ principle. His consciousness of God and miracles were evidence that he tapped into a higher level of consciousness. Mm -hmm. But if Jesus tapped into this cosmic power, he did not monopolize it. It says, here we go, back here, New Age philosopher David Spangler, echoing the ancient Gnostics, said that Christ is not the province of a single individual. And it says, as Joseph Campbell put it in his best-selling book, The Power of Myth, we are all manifestations of Buddha consciousness or Christ consciousness, hmm. only we don't know it. Christhood comes through self-discovery that we may all become Christs if we tap into the universal energy <laughs> oh my of Christ consciousness. Uh. So he's... He was a being that tapped into it, and that gave him the power to... So he um, became elevated. Yes. So here's... This is another thing about the yeah. New Age Jesus. Yeah. The Orthodox Christian affirmation that Jesus is the supreme and final revelation of God is questioned. Although Jesus is respected, he is not worshipped. Mm. Janet Bach complains that the position that Jesus was the only son of God is, in effect... The limiting of the power of God, a shackling of divinity to one physical form for all of eternity. Wow. So see, this is where it's insidious, where, where, where they'll say stuff like this, and they're like, oh, you're limiting you're limiting God to one person. Yeah. You don't think God can handle more than one person? Right, right. You know, so they're taking away... And they're also attributing, they're over, they're over-extenuating extenuating is that the right word accentuating the humanity aspect of Jesus because he was both fully God and fully man right and this is a this is a theological thing and so what they're saying is that he 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 evolved into becoming this godlike person he perfected himself through his excellent meditation his understanding of the of the you know the the ways of the new age or whatever it's just it's taking away the confession of his own words. The conf what do they say to this? What what about on the Mount of Transfiguration? This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. What about when he was baptized? This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Right? Mm -hmm. God affirmed Jesus before any of that stuff happened. Before yeah. he did anything, yeah. he affirmed him. And then you know what about the whole idea of Jesus being in his resurrected state? You know, mm -hmm. and uh, it, we they. 500 eyewitnesses, right? You know, that's what we hear, hear about in Corinthians, you know. They see him doing these perfected things, you know, live, walking through walls, you know, eating with them. He just you know. attained, you know, like... He got super... He, he just attained nirvana, man. <laughs> nirvana on earth, which is silly in the, to believe also. So, you know, uh, I mean... People that say that stuff are... They, they must be... Smoking that sticky, sticky green stuff. Ah! <laughs> we worked it in. Yeah. It's been a while, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was good. Yeah. So I got four more. Yeah. These are important. Okay. Jesus' crucifixion, if accepted as historical, is not deemed essential to restore the spiritual wholeness of humanity. 
You're shaking your head so much. I, I know, know. I know, It just man. makes me so mad. Here, Jesus' suffering on the cross is either rejected as unhistorical or reinterpreted to exclude the idea that he suffered as the Christ to pay the penalty for human wrongdoing in order to reconcile people to a holy God. Elizabeth Clare, prophet, leader of the Church Universal and Triumphant, states emphatically that the idea of a blood sacrifice is an erroneous doctrine, actually a remnant of pagan right long refuted by the word of God and never taught by Jesus oh, himself. refuted from the word of God. Show me that, oh, false prophet of the triumph. <laughs> what are you triumphant of? You're triumphant of, of, of believing lies. Yeah. Says, Heresy. Since, since New Age worldview denies both human sinfulness and a personal God who is ethically perfect, Jesus' crucifixion loses its traditional significance. Yeah. It's this is why the lie is so important because they they're attacking the essence of our of our salvation without the shedding of blood there is no remission for sins that's what Deuteronomy tells us Jesus comes as the lamb that was sacrificed it's necessary for the blood of Christ pure and perfect without sin to be shed for my imperfect sin I need that blood. She needs that blood. We need that blood that was shed on the cross. That's what brings us into salvation, not perfection. It brings us into salvation. And then once we're found in Christ in eternity, that's when we get brought into perfection. But we are not going to achieve that here on earth. That's why the blood was poured out. It's called grace. It's something you get that you don't deserve. These people are insane. They're believing a lie. They don't want to accept the truth. The new age is so dangerous. It makes me so angry right now. I know, you're getting so... I'm worked up. I'm sorry. You... But I'm not going to apologize for this because it's attacking the truth. Mm -hmm. The truth that's been pronounced that it would come in the Old Testament by all the prophets, and then it was revealed in Jesus. This is not some some thing that happened by accident. Jesus was this guy that just happened to show up. It's not like the life of Brian from yeah. the Monty Python. It's not like that at all. It was actually predicted to happen, and he fulfilled amazing amounts of scriptures and prophecies just in his first coming to confirm that he was the Christ, that he is the Christ. So that makes me so angry, because they misunderstand the atonement yep. and how necessary it is. Look, you're not going to get to heaven by meditating and getting your chakras lined up and your karma is going to outweigh your bad, none of that's going to work. Because Ephesians tells us that all have sinned and fallen short to the glory of God, all of us. Mm -hmm. So there is no perfection that we can attain here on earth. There is even Christian theology that says that we can attain perfect sanctification on earth. That's wrong. It's not true. Paul says, and he refutes that in Romans, when he says, I'm always at battle within myself. I do what I don't want to do, and I do what I don't want. I shouldn't, I don't do what I do, should do. You know, it's this whole war within. And so we're not going to reach perfection in sanctification. We're not going to reach perfection in the New Age movement through whatever meditation channeling, whatever guru you want to watch and listen to. And you better get your beliefs on Jesus straight, because he means what he says, and God's going to come back. He's going to judge the world. Sin is real. It needs to be dealt with, and God's serious about it. He killed his son for it. This isn't a light matter. Hmm. And I'm tired of people taking it and just brushing it off like it's no big deal, you know, even in the church. Yeah. So I'm done. I will step off my soapbox. I apologize. Well, I still got that. three more that you can... Uh... Oh, man. I should have held my tongue then. No, it was awesome. All right. But see, this is what is... This, this is why I want to save it to the end. Because we... I kind of glossed over all this stuff. We're like, oh, that's cool. It's cool. It's not. It's not it's cool. It's not. 
And th these are the people that are leading this movement. These are the people that leading this thing, you know? Yeah. Like this thing. And these ideas. So when you talking about Enneagram, we're talking about, oh, astrology. It's just fun. I read my horoscope. You know, okay, whatever. You can read your horoscope. Disregard it. I don't think if you read you read it and you're like, ah, whatever. I'm a Capricorn. I'm going to be, it's going to be <laughs> moody today. I'm just a Capricorn, blah, blah, blah. You don't yeah. take it seriously. I mean, maybe that's how it starts. But these practices come from a place that is evil that right. is, like exactly what you said i'm not gonna i don't want to steal your thunder right. but i'm gonna say this is this is a war like these are the jaguars these are the, the lions that are right. right on the the outside yeah right at the door the yeah. wolves are at the door yeah Ooh. that's a really good band i can it is yeah. i'm glad you said that that's cool <laughs> all right Belief in Jesus' resurrection and ascension is denied or spiritualized to remove them from the realm of the physical and the historical. Many others besides Jesus are recognized as ascended masters on the spiritual plane. Joseph Campbell interprets the ascension to mean that Jesus has gone inward to the place from, from which all being comes into the consciousness that is the source of all things the kingdom of heaven within. For Campbell, Jesus does not ascend to the right hand of the Father, but descends to the divine depths oh. of the collective soul. Mm. Like collective soul. That was a band too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh Oh man. So the ascension. There. Yeah. It's just twisting the truth and the reality. So much. It's just twisting and it. every single thing. The, yeah. uh, here's another one. The idea of Jesus' second coming, boom, here you come. Mm. is spiritualized and democratized to refer to the evolutionary ascent of an awakened humanity mm. solely. Uh, it says, whoa, okay. Solely, which is the name of an off-planet being who is channeled through Neville Rowe, <laughs> offers this esoteric insight. You are God. You are each and every one part of the second coming. The notion that the same Jesus in Acts 111 who literally and bodily ascended to heaven will return in the manner on judgment day is rejected as er narrow-minded literalism. It's a, a furthermore final judgment after death is denied in favor of reincarnation. Mm. I'm looking up a verse. I'm just going to okay. go ahead. Keep talking. I'll keep. Okay. Uh, the last one, it says new age thinkers accept extra biblical documents as sources for authentic in information about Jesus. Although the Bible is often cited, its function is secondary to other texts. Instead, the spiritually inquisitive of 10, oh, often, wow, there's a weird space between, often turn to alternate records of Jesus' life. This quest for a lost Christianity follows several routes converging at key points. Hmm. And so this is where it goes to the Dead Sea, you know, the, uh, the Gospel of Thomas, uh, you know, all this stuff like here's Shirley MacLaine writes that Jesus and the Essenes, what is E? The Essenes. Essenes, sorry. Yeah. With their teachings on love and light and cosmic laws, along with the golden rule of karma, sound very much like mis metaphysical seekers in the New Age today. So she's saying that Jesus was teaching this stuff. Yeah. Um, here's the last one. When the Bible is cited with reference to Jesus, an appeal is made to an esoteric dimension lost on those holding traditional interpretations. The Bible must be decoded decoded to discern its secret substratum. 
So when Jesus said that John the Baptist was Elijah, he's saying that John was the reincarnation of Elijah, not that John simply came with the same spirit and power of Elijah without being literally Elijah. When he said the kingdom of heaven is within you, he really meant that the soul is divine, not that the kingdom meant the soul is divine, not that the kingdom was. Hmm. All right, so let me read a verse for you. Okay. Second Peter, I've got a couple of verses that I might read from here. Second Peter chapter 2, but there will, there will also be false prophets among you, just as there will also be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who, brought, who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their own shameful ways and bring the way of truth into disrepute. Uh, in their greed, these teachers will exploit you with their stories they have made up. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them for their destruction has not been sleeping. So Peter was warning the church that these crazy heresies were going to come in, These and he calls them wives' tales in, other, in another part. Um, I love this. In, in chapter 1 of Second Peter, it says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him, who called us by His own glory and goodness. Though through these He has given us great and very precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape corruption of this world caused by evil desires. The divine nature will move you away from sin and into holiness. That's what it's saying there. And then lastly, in chapter 3, that it's talking about the day of the Lord. And pay attention, if you're into the New Age, listen to this and, and evaluate in your heart if you line up with this scripture or not. First of all, uh, 2 Peter 3.3, 3. First of all, you must understand that in the last days scoffers will come scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming that he promised? Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget long ago by God's word, the heavens existed and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also the world at that time was a deluge and destroyed. By the same word, by, by the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved, are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. This is going to happen. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief." The heavens will disappear with a roar, the elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy lives, godly lives, as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of many of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, you are looking forward to a new heavens and a new earth and a home of righteousness. So... Peter wasn't... Whole, talk about woke. Yeah. You want to talk about wokeness? What's so funny to me is there is a movement of wokeness that's happening right now. There's a spiritual enlightenment that's happening, but it's an enlightenment into the truth. People's eyes are being revealed to the truth, and they're, they're o being opened to this, and the scales are coming off. And like, dare I say, Kanye West, mm -hmm. you know, is one of those guys who's preaching the truth, living it out, and he's reaching others for it and with it. I'm telling you, man, this is what it's about. Yeah. That sets people free. Not some stupid out there jello truth that just could stick to anything. It's not going to work. Where's that going to be when you stand before the King of Kings who will come back? Yeah. You know, they're going to scoff. They're going to scoff us. 
That's okay. Yeah. Who gets the last laugh, right? Oh, yep. it's going to be a glorious We're going to be day. Joker laughing up there. <laughs> <laughs> we will be Joker laughing. It's yeah. going to be like a nervous laughter. It's like a condition. <laughs> well, anyways, you, dude, I, I, I was, apologize for getting no, all preachy. No, that was great, man. I was going to say, the, the last thing I had planned yeah. was I've got a list of Bible verses that oh, refute sorry. everything. No, oh. is it cool? Is it okay if I go through these? Yeah, share them. Okay. This is quite a bit, but it's going to go through all the stuff, all right? So these are refuting the New Age movement, and this is... So I'm going to give the topic of it, and then the verses... Gotcha. Okay. So God is personal, yes. right? So it says, uh, God speaks and has a self-given name, I am, in Exodus. Yep. God is long-suffering, Psalm Peter, Psalms and Peter. God is forgiving. God hates sin, all right? So that's about God is personal. Yeah. It's not this impersonal thing. That's right. Man is not divine, but a sinner. So this is, that's from Romans 3.23. He is deceitful and desperately sick, Jeremiah. He is full of evil, from Mark. He loves darkness rather than light, from John 3. He mm. is unrighteous, does not understand, does not seek for God, from Romans. He is helpless and ungodly, from Romans. He is dead in his trespasses and sins, from Ephesians. He is by nature a child of wrath, from Ephesians. Mm -hmm. He cannot understand spiritual things, 1 Corinthians. This is man. <laughs> this is man. He is not divine. The condition of man. The condition of man. Yeah. Salvation is not correct thought, but deliverance from the consequence of our sin, Romans 6.23, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Mm. Salvation is God's deliverance from damnation, from Ephesians, Romans. Uh, this salvation is found in no one but Jesus alone, from Acts. Yeah. Okay. Miracles are not from God. Or, or, <laughs> <laughs> miracles are from God, not from the mind of man. Yeah. All right. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Yeah. Miracles imply an action by someone that is greater than ourselves. If God is impersonal, miracles cannot occur. Mm. But they do occur today as well as in biblical times and are not simply proper thoughts or understanding. Wow. All right. Good stuff. This is... Christ means anointed. Yeah. Jesus was the Christ, the anointed one. It does not mean a consciousness or quality of people. Jesus was the Christ, the Messiah, the deliverer from sin. So here's some verse. Jesus was the Christ, Matthew and Luke. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and enter into his glory from Luke? Thus it is written that the, that the Christ should suffer and rise again from the dead on the third day in Luke. We have found the Messiah, which translated means Christ mm -hmm. from John. He... David looked ahead and spoke of the resu resurrection of the Christ from Acts. God made himself both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Acts. For while we were still helpless at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Mm. Romans. Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death in order that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. Romans. Christ is crucified, 1 Corinthians. You sin against Christ, 1 Corinthians. <laughs> the blood of Christ, 1 Corinthians. Okay. Uh, it says, only the Bible has a message of grace. Grace is the unmerited favor of God upon his people. Grace is the undeserved kindness of God. Grace is the getting the blessings we do not deserve. At the death of Christ, we are blessed. 
We are given grace. We are given eternal life and forgiveness of sins. Only Christianity has a message of free forgiveness given. Every other religious system on earth has some form of salvation dependent totally or in part on what the adherents do, but not so with Christianity. Humanity is not unlimited, but just the opposite. It is under bondage, Romans 5.12. Mm. Sin is its master, a deadly and deceitful one at that. And uh, one more. All right, I got two more. True morality is that which is revealed by God in the Bible, Exodus 20. Anything else is only an imitation, a set of ideas laid down by man that originate in the mind of sinful man. Hmm. And the last one, uh, well, it just says, the Bible opposes almost all the tenets of New Age movement. As Christians, we should be watchful to recognize what is false and teach what is true. We should be weary that the Edenic lie still rings strong in the hearts of the deceived and that they want us to believe as they. Bam. Mic drop. There you go. Refute it. Does the Bible refute the New Age? Yes. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I I think, is it Acts 13 where uh, they talk about where they go and talk to a sorcerer? Um. well, there is Bar Jesus Simon the sorcerer. Yeah, Bar, Bar, he's following around Peter or Paul. I'm sorry, he's following around Paul, and uh, they turn around and rebuke him. Yeah, and, uh, he, I, he gives his life to the Lord, um, but then he also gets rebuked again because he wants to sell the miracles to make money. He wants to do miracles to make money. He wants to be able to do miracles. Yeah, but yeah, he was a sorcerer. Um, so they dealt. My point was just they dealt with this stuff. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's nothing new. Yeah. It's they call it new age, but there's nothing new about it, man. It's just old things repackaged, man. That's all it is. So old lies repackaged as new truths. That's what it is. Closed up my laptop. There you go. You closed your laptop. We're good. I closed my Bible, so we can't. We're. I think it's been a good. It's been a good uh, solid <laughs> hour and a half here. Thanks for sticking it out with us. We just, you know, be warned. No, just educate yourself with the Word of God. That's the best thing you can do. Yeah. And when you study the truth, you'll you'll discern the lie. Yeah. It'll just stick out like a sore thumb, and it'll be easier for you to, to detect these things in your own life. And hopefully, you tra- you got that as we traveled through. That's right. This journey. And by um, all means, there's so much more to this topic than yeah. than what we've given it tonight. But just uh, an overview. That's right. But um and and so and we're we're gonna try and look at some other topics in future episodes. Hopefully, we'll get this yoga. One down, this is another thing that's rampant in the church today, and Christians are practicing yoga all the time, and they don't believe it's bad. But we'll get into that um, with our guest, um, if she can line up her schedule. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. So that'll be a future. So just pray that her schedule will work out. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. But uh, all right, guys. Well, thanks for listening again to All Out War. We will catch you next time. As always, stay classy. Stay hydrated. Oh, stay hydrated. Drink that living water, baby. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I like yeah. that. All right. All right. We'll All see right. you guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the All Out War podcast today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to know more, you can visit us on the web at alloutwar.us or you can find us on Twitter at alloutwarcast. Hey, thanks again for listening. And we'll catch you next time.